today's message. What, what, what do you think of the... Uh, do I need to do anything to get it? Oh, great. Excellent. Brilliant. That's us, our family. Um, say a quick prayer for our oldest son in Khartoum with uh, UNICEF. You can always pray for our younger son as well in uh, Maidenhead with uh, Ryobi Tools. <laughs> so, so, so this is our message. Our message is around the Samaritans. And you maybe think that you've heard everything there is. I mean, it's almost like I feel I need to apologize to come on a mission Sunday and talk to you about the good Samaritan. Uh, b- because you've heard it. You've heard this message. You, you've read it. You, you've heard it preached on so, so many times. But I wonder what you think about the question. The question. What, what's the question that Jesus is answering? Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, not, not who is my neighbor. We get there. We get there. But what must I do to be saved? Have you ever been asked that question? I've answered that question at least three times, twice to Pakistani taxi drivers this week. I'm not sure that they actually asked the question. (laughs) We maneuvered a little bit there. But would you have answered the question the way Jesus did? How did Jesus answer that question? I mean, we're good evangelicals, most of us, yeah? So how would we answer that question? You're at work, you're, you're at college... And someone says to you, hey, George, what must I do to be saved? Hey, Sally, what must I do to be saved? What would your answer be? I think it's just just interesting to backtrack a little bit and, and, and see. And what does Jesus say? Well, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. To love your neighbor as yourself. Very, very interesting. Now, this is not a typo. And I wonder what we think. What do we think about... Uh, okay, let's jump into this message. I want to break this message down under these three headings. To look at Samaritans, first of all, in their context. Who are they? What do we know about them? What, what, what can this passage tell us? And then to look at good, the Good Samaritan, the story that we've, we know as the Good Samaritan. And to ask the question, are all Samaritans good? And then to look at challenging prejudice. And to ask the question, who, who are the new Samaritans? Or to ask, what does this message mean to us? Who are our uh, Samaritans. So, first of all, let's have a look at uh, Samaritans uh, in their context. <clears throat> okay. Well, the Samaritans shared an awful lot with the uh, Jewish Abrahamic faith. But there were significant uh, differences. That they were all monotheists. That is, they believed in one God. Really very different to the people around them. 
The people around them had many, many gods. I'm going to India in two weeks' time, and there there are gods beyond count within, within Hinduism. And that is, more, that is closer to the context that Jesus was in, that the Samaritans were in. But the Samaritans, along with the Jews, were monotheists, believers in one uh, God. Both of them worshipped the God of Abraham. But the Jews, <coughs> the Samaritans rather, the Samaritans said that their faith, in fact their creed, is Yahweh is our God. And Moses is the servant of God. That, that's what they said. And in fact, the few hundred Samaritans that are left today uh, in Israel, they still hold to that same creed. So they, they, didn't, uh, they accepted the books of Moses, the first five books of Moses, but they didn't accept the rest of the, New Testament, the Old Testament. Uh, they didn't a- accept the prophets and so on. They said, no, this is additions. We just hold to Moses and the books of Moses. Uh, They were awaiting the fulfillment of uh, Deuteronomy 18, 15, which was that there will be one like Moses. They were awaiting the Messiah. You remember the woman at the well? The Samaritan woman at the well. And what did she say? She said, we are waiting for the Messiah And Jesus said, I am he. Their focal point of worship was not Jerusalem. Uh, It it was uh, Mount Gerizim. And this caused a a great deal of difficulty. Uh, Luke, uh, just a little little earlier, Luke 9, uh, 53 to 55, it tells us, but the people, the Samaritans did not welcome him, did not welcome Jesus because he was heading for Jerusalem. You you get the idea. He's heading for Jerusalem. He's not heading to our place, our focal point of worship. He's facing somewhere else. He's headed in a different direction. And when the disciples and John saw him, well, we'll come to that. (coughs) Excuse me. John tells us in John 4, 9, Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? So, so do, do you get the picture? There's this animosity between the Jews. Uh, I think it's Matthew who tells us that uh, the Jews would take a great detour to avoid going through Samaria and Samaritan area. So that, that's the context that we have. Now I ask the, the question, are all Samaritans good? We're, we're very familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan and most of you will be aware that that was kind of an oxymoron. That, that was kind of the opposite of what you would expect. I mean, if you heard a joke uh, 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 about three people, like a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, you knew where it was going. Yeah? The Samaritan was not the good guy. So when we hear the idea that this is the story of the good Samaritan, 
their hearing was that it would be the bad Samaritan. Now, now most of you would be very, very well aware of that. But this story is only told by Luke. The same question is asked in uh, Matthew's gospel and in Mark's gospel, but the story isn't given. Only, only, only Luke tells this story, uh, and that's quite interesting. There are three stories about Samaritans, and they share one similarity in the Gospels. There's the parable of the Good Samaritan as we know it, and kind of the hint is in the title that we've given it, the Good Samaritan. He's the good guy. There's the story of the ten lepers in Luke 17. Which is the leper that comes back and says, thank you? One of them is a Samaritan, and the one that comes back and says thank you is Samaritan. Yeah? And we, we, we miss it when we read it because we don't read it with the ears of the context, but this would have been a shock to the audience. Yeah? And then there's the Samaritan woman at the well. And you say, oh, Martin, but I got you there because this is hardly a good woman, yeah? But think about the story a little bit, yeah? Put yourself in the mindset of the, the, the hearers of Jesus in his day. So they start to hear this story, and they hear this story about this woman who has had many husbands, who is rejected even by her own society, who the Jews themselves reject, so double rejected in many ways. And yet Jesus turns it on, her, on its head because she becomes the means of salvation for her whole community. She is the first one to believe. She is the one who goes and gets everybody else and draws them. And so the question is, how come we have only three stories about Samaritans and how come, every one of them, the Samaritan is a good guy? Does Jesus really think that all Samaritans are... <coughs> excuse me. Does Jesus really think that all Samaritans are uh, compassionate, like the story we're looking at today? Does he really think that all of them are grateful, like the story of the leper, or spiritually receptive, uh, like the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. No, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I, I think the issue is that uh, Jesus is taking the object in his society, the people in his society who were looked down upon, the people who were rejected, and he's saying those people, those are, he, he's making heroes out of those people. I'd like to suggest that really the whole point of this story, the whole point of the story is not really the sort of Sunday school type message that we have of being nice. It, it, it is that, but it's a whole lot more. It's about challenging the prejudice that, that, that we hold and that our society holds. So, 
we started with this question, who, who are the new Samaritans? Who, who are the Samaritans in our society? Who, who are the people that uh, we maybe are inclined in some way within our society and dare I say within each one of us to hold some prejudice towards? How do you r- respond to that when you examine your own heart, when I examine my own heart, when I switch the news on? today and listen to the headlines of the news today. If we go back a little bit, we can see how the, the disciples responded, at least two of them, in Luke 9. It says, but the people, the Samaritans, did not welcome him, Jesus, because he was heading for the wrong place. He was heading for Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So we kind of laugh a little bit at that. Silly James and John. Yeah? Don't they get it? But I wonder about us. Yeah, when I, when I listen to the news today and I hear about IS beheading yet another journalist and very possibly uh, one of the very few Christian journalists in Japan, you can follow that theme. It seems that uh, some people are saying this guy was a member of a Christian fellowship. Father, destroy them. Well, there certainly is a place for us in prayer to call for God's restraining hand. It's a prayer I pray most every day. A prayer for protection, especially for uh, those out there in these regions. But I wonder, does it, does it enter into our hearts and does it then affect the way we look in our community, in our society? Absolutely it does. We look around and we find those that are different to us. And maybe at the least, we walk across the road on the other side and we avoid. And at the, mo- at the worst, we're a little bit like James and John. And we say, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and, and, and destroy them? Some of the ancient manuscripts for uh, this verse uh, add something. Now, this is almost certainly a a footnote added by a scribe that then got included in the text, and most of our modern uh, translations these days don't include this. But it does give us an insight into the spirit, into the mind. And it says... Uh, that Jesus replied to, to that, you do not know what kind of spirit you are, for the Son of Man does not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. The Son of Man doesn't come to destroy men's lives, uh, but to save them. So, I wonder what we do then. 
What, what do we do uh, with, with these prejudices? Well, I'd like to <clears throat> suggest a response. I'd like to suggest a very, a very practical uh, response. Now, I, I don't care if you go up on the website and you sign up the petition or, or, or whatever. You, you, you can do that and, and, and jump on that bandwagon if you want to. That's fine. But I think actually the message is very, very powerful. What, what will I take away with me today? Uh, Can I sign up to, can I covenant before God today that I will repent of hateful feelings towards Muslims and pursue love? What what, what was the message? The, the, The message of the Good Samaritan, yes, it's challenging prejudice, but Jesus answers, as some of you said, he answers a second question. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers it by saying, these people that you have some prejudice towards, that your society has some prejudice towards, these, these are your neighbors. Will I, will I covenant to, to repent of hateful feelings, attitudes uh, towards Muslims and pursue love? I will pray for Muslims that God will bless them and that they will experience his peace. Prayer is the real work, isn't it? I mean, I'm in OM and OM is an activist organization, so so I'm an activist. But prayer, prayer is so important. Will you today make a decision? Well, actually... This Muslim world, the, 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 the Muslims both locally and globally really need prayer. And, and I will covenant today to, to get prayer information and to be a real prayer warrior. To pray for Muslims, to pray for uh, the guy who sells me a doner kebab or where I buy my curry. Even give him one of the Jesus videos. By the way, I almost guarantee that your curry shop is run by Bangladesh, your Indian curry shop is run by Bangladeshis, probably from Saleti. So there's a challenge for you. Ask when you go in and you get your curry, your takeaway, or you sit down for your meal. Ask them if they're from Salet. One of the languages on there is from Salet. They'll almost happily receive uh, a, a DVD. But when we pray individually, and, and globally for these people. Will we pray for the situation in, in Syria? I will pray for Muslims that God uh, will bless them and that they will experience his, his peace. That's very much the spirit of, of this message of Jesus from the Good Samaritan. I will do at least one act of kindness to a Muslim in the next year. One act of kindness. Uh, Dudley Woodbury from Fuller Theological Seminary, where I did my postgraduate studies in Islamics, he carried out a research of 750 uh, uh, Muslims that had come to faith in Christ across 30 countries around the world, asking what it was that drew them to Christ. Number one reason, 
the attractiveness of Christians. I don't mean the physical beauty. <laughs> that might have pulled in some. I don't know. But the attractiveness, the love that was shown, and listen to this, particularly the way Christians treated women. Number one reason in an empirical research study, you can Google that, five reasons Muslims come to Christ, you, uh, Christianity today, and you'll find that quite short uh, little uh, uh, result. Interestingly, the third reason they give is dissatisfaction with Islam. Yancy has a friend from Iraq that she's discipling. One day we were in a meeting that she wasn't meant to be there because it was about how to evangelize Muslims. And it was with YWAM actually. And uh, there she was. She was there. And I, I went up, to, and, and when we went round, and it was a small group, it was 14 people or something, when we went round and said why we were there, she, she said that she was there because she was a Christian. I, Whoa, this, you know, I, I, I knew she's a Muslim. So I said to her, let me call her Sarah. I said to her, Sarah, you, you, you said you're a Christian. She said, yes, Martin, I can't stand being a Muslim any longer, so therefore I must be a Christian. Well, it's taken several years for Yancy to <laughs> catch up with her. But do you get the idea? The third major reason today that Muslims choosing to follow Christ. I turned around and heard uh, from a couple sitting just behind us that a couple of people were baptized, a couple of Muslims were baptized in, was it this church just recently? Before I could say it, I was just about to say, were they Iranians? But before I could say it, they told me they were I I Iranians. Uh, 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 two days ago in Glasgow with an Iranian fellowship, I Iranians across the world are turning to the Lord. Nobody really knows the size. Conservative estimates would be a quarter of a million outside of Iran and a quarter of a million inside Iran. Some... Groups would, would multiply that by four as to the size of the church in Iran since 79, since the Ayatollah Khomeini. Why? Well, the Iranian sitting next to me, he said the greatest evangelist, uh, two days, three, Wednesday this week, in this little Iranian fellowship, he said, you know who was the greatest evangelist for Christianity in Iran? Ayatollah Khomeini. He, he, get, he, he showed us Islam. He showed us Islam and we, we said we want something else. Our teams in Egypt today, they're, they're writing to us, our, our, our role to support them. They're writing to us and they're saying, can you get us material on atheism? We've never in, in, in 20 or 30 years, actually more, 40 years of working in Egypt, never have we had to use atheist apologetics. Now in Egypt today, we need to train the church in how to answer atheism. Why? Because of what's happening across the Middle East is turning people off. Some turn to Christianity, some turn away. In the city that is most on the news in Syria today, we have a major relief work uh, feeding maybe 7,000 or more families. Uh, Open Doors is a partner. Tear Fund is a partner. We are what they call the, 
What was it? Thank you. I've got to get this. The implementation partner. We're the implementation partner for Open Doors and for, for Tier Fund there in this city. I, I'll, I'll tell you privately if you ask me afterwards. In, in this city, people coming to the churches, the Christians there, and saying, we've heard that we can get help from you, but we're Muslims. Uh, is, it, is it true that you will help us? And we say, yeah, we'll go to your house and we'll carry out an assessment. But why are you helping us? We're Muslims. Well, our book tells us. Our Lord tells us. The message title today, Jesus uh, uh, for Muslims. Our book tells us that we should love all people. We should love our neighbor at our message today. And we find many of them asking then, could I have a copy of that book? We hear that in the city, the church is emptying out of traditional Christians. But all the pastors in that city are saying, our churches are full. They're full of who? They're full of new Samaritans. They're full of people that are coming, coming in. Is it good? Well, yes and no. Never can I say that the terrible, terrible things that are being done there are good. But at the same time, we have to see that God is working. So will you covenant to do uh, one act for a Muslim? Invite him into your home, into her, her into your home. Will you covenant not to spread negative stereotypes uh, about Muslims? Our time is gone. But this is the challenge to us, isn't it? Do catch us afterwards. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, I really sense that your spirit is talking to us, challenging us about some of our subtle and sometimes not so subtle prejudices, maybe some of our comfortable English avoidance. Lord, we long to see your kingdom come and your will done about amongst Muslims locally and globally. Help us share this good news in deed and in word. Amen.